Okay, namaste. And uh, before I begin the subject of pain and suffering, I think we have uh, several times uh, shared this subject on different forums. But uh, I don't like to repeat myself, so we can approach it from a very different angle. So, um, to understand anything in life, we need to understand three things. One is, where do we come from? Second, where we are going? And third is, where we are at the present moment? These are the three things that coordinate us in terms of time. And uh, the second coordinate is in terms of space. Uh, So, are we living in a material space, in a psychological space or a spiritual space? So this is the way we can orient ourselves and from there we can understand all the rest. So uh, same thing applies to understanding pain and suffering because very often we are just at this present moment caught up in a um, volley of situations and circumstances and we start uh, drawing conclusions, inferences, building theories, systems about pain, suffering, ranging from the most materialistic theories to the uh, karmic law and uh, things like that. But if we understand, uh, you know, how things have begun and where they are tending to go, then it becomes much easier. So uh, the first thing we need to understand is that there is a general plan in life. There is, it's not like each of us are on a all random journey. Uh, There is, yes, but at the same time, there is a general plan and we can compare it to being in a a big, um, large train. And in this train, each individual has his own freedom. There are several stops we can get down, get in. But this train is coming from one place A and going to place B. Uh, So this is how the journey of life is. Apparently, it begins with matter. But if you really look at um, from the spiritual point of view, which is what we are trying to discuss, we want to understand what is the origin of matter itself. So that's how Indian spirituality begins. So matter itself is a condition of energy. And where does energy begin from? So it goes still one step backward. It starts from consciousness. So if we understand consciousness, we understand most of the things in this creation. So, how does it all begin? Consciousness, uh, there is, consciousness is essentially two elements, knowledge and will. Everywhere we see, wherever, when we say that I am conscious, even at a partial level, it means I am aware, that means I have a certain knowledge. It also implies a certain intent, there is a certain will, direction in which I want to move. So, at the origin, when we turn to spiritual thought and, uh, you know, we can always have questions why and what is the evidence, all etc., but not going into all those details so that we conserve on time. So the original consciousness, the one consciousness, uh, the source is called in Indian spiritual thought as the divine. So we may use any term, we may use the word uh, God, we may use the word the unknowable, it doesn't matter, we can use the word the being, terms are not important but there is an original consciousness and This is a fundamentally different view from the purely materialistic point wherein suddenly matter has appeared out of the void and consciousness appears much later. Um, So this uh, we have discussed several times that how this view is not tenable. Even theoretically it is not tenable. It's not tenable practically. Uh, Whereas um, from the spiritual point of view, consciousness is the origin. It's an immaterial reality. And there is within it a will to create and to create with the purpose of multiplying its inherent delight which is inherent within it. So 
In Indian thought, the term used is Satchidanand, pure existence, pure consciousness, pure bliss. And it wants to multiply itself. So, ekoham bahushyam, that's how it is said. So, why multiply? It is to multiply the delight. Let's say that you are alone and you are enjoying, you go for a movie, go for a walk and you are enjoying. But when there are two, you enjoy a little more. When there are more, the more, the merrier. So, original purpose is to multiply that delight of existence manifold. But now when you want to multiply the delight of existence, you must have many to start with. Otherwise, it's a very vague consciousness in its origin is formless. There are no forms. There is nothing like an individual or an individuality. So first task is to um, create a field on which this great journey can begin. Call it a train, call it a deck on a ship. I like to use this term deck on a ship. So that ship is matter and it floats on a sea of apparent unconsciousness. So inconscious. it looks like that. That all around nothing is conscious. Somehow matter has come into being. So matter is that material space and it is moving on a sea of time, ocean of time. Shirshagar if you want to put it. So it's an ocean of time on which space itself is floating may sound very strange but that's the reality of space and now in this space and time the play begins to first carve a personality out of this mud of matter so this process starts it goes through several layers and levels very quickly out of matter emerges life and as we understand any individuality means there will be initially a limitation that's how it is to be formed otherwise it's a vast universal state in which uh, consciousness is so from matter life begins so we have all the various designs and colors and use and spectrum of life ranging from the single cell the plant cell the animal cell and so on and so forth so life emerges but life um, tries to shape individuality but there is no conscious individuality you can say that a kind of there is a different uh, you know different kinds of even cells there are different species genus families but it is not conscious so this individual life forms must become conscious individualities so out of life emerges mind and with mind the play enters into a third phase of evolution wherein we become conscious individuals. Now, when we look at our own life, now we can zero in to us and see how is individuality formed. There is a very nice saying that the best seashells or stones are formed when the whole ocean hurls itself against that stone. You know, you have seen wonderful seashells, stones formed. How do they form? They form when they have to apparently come in clash and conflict with the forces around. So, we can pause and reflect, are these forces around which are clashing with us, apparently in conflict with us, at war with us, helping us or harming us? It depends on how we look at it. So if we, um, now they, they apparently threaten us. Now there is a limited individuality and looks like that. But actually their purpose is to shape us. Their whole purpose is to carve an individuality. That's how individuality grows, you know. That's why often I, I suggest people in their 20s and, you know, uh, they go through life and they, they meet all kinds of challenges, people, situations, circumstances. First thing important is to form an individuality. It's a painful process. It requires uh, clarity about your goal. It requires certain firmness, courage. And um, people often say, no, you should go with the flow. Please don't do that. 
you find your own flow <laughs> people will respect you for that initially uh, they won't understand they may not understand because you are not going uh, you are not leading a run of the mill kind of life but in the end that's a life of dignity that's a life of self respect and it earns respect from others so this how personality is formed war heraclitus one of the famous thinkers he has said that war is the father of things so what happens when there is a conflict and clash you have to make certain responses and why do we respond see as an individual we are very limited and um, when there is a contact with the world if you are not able to assimilate it if you are not able to uh, we tend to shrink first response is to shrink when we shrink we are making a counter evolutionary movement meaning thereby evolution is not towards shrinking it's toward eventually expansion so when we shrink how do we shrink we try to find small little comfort zones so that comfort zones some people that's what is called in psychology is regression some people regress to the even to the stage of a stone they will not speak they go into a kind of stupor but instead we should turn back upon life face it hold yourself against it doesn't matter so you may win or lose but either ways you will become an individual that's how individuality is formed but if you shrink try to find comfort zones then uh, we are not fulfilling the purpose of creation first step is individuality that original plan of ekwam bhavshyam comes later first each unit must become a conscious unit so if somebody says ask you about your choices you should have your choices that's something very beautiful about human beings that human beings are given the privilege of choice animals are not given that animals are driven by instincts right but human beings are given the privilege of choice and through choices we evolve and grow so now where does pain and suffering come in this whole process so there are these impact of currents as i said if you are in an ocean there are different kinds of currents some soft and gentle some very strong some that will uproot you and through all this something is being shaped so also in this world there are three kinds of currents um we can use the word lower currents and there are higher currents so in the lower current there are three kinds of currents which uh, impact us they impact us through individuals human beings they impact us through unseen forces they impact us through almost every experience of life and these three currents according to indian psychological thought are called as tamas rajas and sattva so what is the effect of the tamasic current is the lowest form of current it lulls us it um, it's it's a strange way of you know tackling with life you endure but you endure by entering a shell so tamas does that it it's like it puts you to sleep sometimes it can even give a sense of denial we don't want to see things as they are we just want to remain in the status quo position but that's not acceptable to nature so it there is another current which comes and that is called rajasic currents it incites us to dynamic activity and it comes through challenges of life it the lowest form of rajasic current there are several of these is desire so desire is given to plod us otherwise we'll be sleeping all the time so desire for food desire for um, various things and then this desire extends further into ambition to achieve uh, desire for money desire for a comfortable life desire is the lowest form of current it 
when when we are too much in a dull state due to tamas it comes to shake us up it's found even in animals desire but in human beings it takes its own unique forms so this is the rajasic current which pushes us to achieve to go further to go not higher but to achieve more and more to take the challenge somebody who is moved by desire takes the challenge says okay i'll enter into this competition and wants to win wants to succeed but this is a inferior current it helps us to a point but the problem of desire is that it has a tendency to sink back into tamas which is where it has emerged from when we are not able to achieve it tends to you know if if you achieve it takes you further otherwise there is a tendency for frustration to set in now people who are in extreme state of tamas they have this tendency that they need very strong current of life to feel they are alive so how does the strong current comes it comes in the form of drugs alcohol and tikha uh, lal mirchi wala khana you know that kind of food that kind of life high spice life you know corruption and they feel it's that's the way they live because they don't they are in tamas so they cannot be shaken without this very primitive stage of human development but well at that level that's how it operates but as we begin to evolve everything becomes subtler and subtler so desires are no more that crude desire that i want to have so much of money you want to have a value for money you see in crude forms of money making people want to take money and stack it in their <laughs> rooms boxes just one example it applies to everything yeah, or to in the cupboard they feel very happy that you know i have crores of rupees lying in my but then as you grow you you it's not that you have so much of money you want to how you use it and there we see desire becomes more and more refined more and more subtle Uh, same thing applies to everything for instance one of the instinct the sexual instinct so at a very crude level it's something very physical like animals but as you grow it's not just about a physicality but more and more about emotionality intellectual um, togetherness a deeper sense of love so we see that slowly with evolution all these things begin to change so in this evolutionary process we meet challenges of life because that's how all evolution is through challenge and the challenge can be sometimes interpreted as a pain so we want to grow along a certain line and something else comes and it tends to uh, impact us and as it impacts us there are two responses we can do as we know in in psychology we can fight we can fly or we can freeze so the same thing applies so this journey of desire and evolution and then this process several conflicts come challenges come every step forward is like a battle because uh, when you take a step uh, higher when you take a step forward there is a double movement one is the step forward the second is you have to uproot the step which is behind that's how all forward movement is but it's very difficult to do that because for every step that you are taking forward there are five who are holding you back so there are there are various kinds of uh, apprehensions which may come they hold you back so they are all at different levels they operate and this applies at every level even at the most physical we'll come to that so through this slowly a personality begins to be carved within us and then ultimately we go still further out of desires and ambition emerges something deeper within us which is really the beginning of hallmark of something which can be called as a higher 
kind of life and that is emotions imagination and you know the faculty to conceive things which are not there idealized emotions we want the kind of ideal in life to be established and then out of idealized emotion there emerges mind where we begin to think we want to understand things we want to lead life in a certain way we become aware of our choices etc etc so how does this journey take place is it a single life journey no says indian thought it says it cannot be a single life journey everybody cannot complete so many stairs in a single life and that's why in indian thought we have the idea of rebirth so it's not an idea but it's like to those who know the soul it's as self evident as the return of the day after night but otherwise the whole purpose of rebirth is that you cannot complete all these evolutionary processes all these challenges in a single lifetime so you learn you grow you learn you grow and you come back better and better now every time you navigate a challenge the beauty is that while at that point of time it gives you pain but when you are navigated through it you can laugh over it see many i mean some of uh, you may have experienced this but most of us at some, you you all of us experience it even at let's say 20s say for example when you are going to the school for the first time and when you are in studying for your uh, class 10 or 12 uh, it is like the biggest challenge in the world na huh? if if that doesn't happen it's like world will come crashing down or your first heartbreak and things like that so that time it's like the whole world has come crashing down but then when you go through it you can laugh at it and when you're 40 you will have stories to tell so <laughs> that's how life is because you have grown through it you can laugh over it so what happens is during that process it causes intense pain suffering why because you are unable to meet that demand that comes through the world current and when do you really laugh at it when this third current begins to emerge out of rajas and that's called sattva it's the current of harmony equilibrium balance so every time there is a conflict you need to arrive at a new balance new equilibrium this comes later on first there is this state of tamasic endurance life chal rahi hai jaisi chal rahi hai then comes intense rajas which makes us move and then comes a new harmony and equilibrium and a balance this urge emerges within human beings and when you have arrived at equilibrium then you have joy actually you won't have peace and happiness till one has arrived at equilibrium this is without really um, consciously entering into any spiritual path this is there in human beings so when you go to a new place initially everybody likes to be in their comfort zone so people who go to america or other places they want to find people of the same uh, cultural setting and uh, sometimes it's very strange you know they they wouldn't do certain things in india but they would want to do that they'll go to temples every sunday <laughs> they'll participate in all the festivals why because you want that comfort zone this is the initial part then you begin to reach out you you live there you begin to meet people now that there in comes in conflict and clashes of cultures understanding then comes a new balance where you discover that you don't have to be that yet there can be friendship harmony and equilibrium you are adding something to the other person and the other person is um, you are taking something else from the other person and there is a harmony there is a balance there is an adaptation there is an assimilation of forces so these are the three phases of human evolution up to a certain point 
in this the time when you really can start experiencing some genuine peace and joy uh, enduring something deep within is when we are leading a life according to sattva Uh, principle of harmony and balance wherever one goes that's a basic principle but it's very difficult in human nature to stay all the time with that so time to time there is a drop drop back to tamas and then rajas shakes us and sattva so this is how the human cycle goes so you see even with physical nature the body is in a state of balance and harmony and the body experiences a joy then what happens there is a challenge let's take that the most physical level the world impact falls upon it the impact may come in the form of an adverse weather so suddenly there is a storm i don't know how to face it so i feel like tempted to say that you can face it in again but it's overshooting the limit but we can say that okay when there is a storm when there is a cyclone so what is the normal tendency your cyclone is coming go indoors shut the doors that impact hurts you if you are not ready not prepared why because our mind and everything has created a shrinking this is cyclone the mind has created a formation this is going to harm you everything uh, there is another way to look at a cyclone <laughs> and feel in it that ah so wonderful sham and shama are coming you know sham sham is krishna in his terrible state and shama is kali and uh, then you take joy in it i am not saying something theoretical huh? you can actually experience it and then it becomes a delight have you watched these some of these images on the television and on television it's not frightening but when it impacts you it's frightening so there is a delight inherent in creation but we cannot take this delight it's too much when you watch let's say a snake play either through a snake charmer on the television it's all right but if it's very near then you feel threatened so that's because the physical body doesn't know how to adapt these are tremendous forces of nature so that's why even now ozone layer and all this is happening human nature is human body has to learn to adapt it's a new challenge so how we when we go through this challenge initially there is pain suffering so corona virus came we didn't know how to adapt many people didn't know so what happened they fell ill so the equilibrium was broken it brought suffering of one kind and we shrunk how did we shrink we went into a bed we further wore suits of all kinds everybody was looking like a ghost already before death and the doctors were as much terrible to see you know when imagine somebody coming to you in all those masks and it's a very frightening image so that's how the life uh, you know but we could take an opposite view we can take it in another way it's a challenge thrown by physical nature how do i adapt to it i must adapt to it by from within me discovering that capacity which can take in and yet not break down so ultimately that's what is the crux of immunity talk it about it in whatever way so all illness at a most physical level are nothing but challenges of physical nature and why do they come they are not coming because we have done some papa in some previous life they are not coming because of this reason or that reason but they are coming to actually just like as i said they are shaping us so when we take the challenge and grow then we evolve so that's how we see we can take this example because it's very recent so people there were people who succumbed in corona unfortunately sadly uh, many deaths in the hospital setting which is very strange there were people who took the challenge 
and they grew and evolved now they've discovered that those who faced it took the challenge had a natural immunity and are much more sturdy in terms of fighting out the illness than the artificial way through the vaccine but whichever way so once the body overcomes the challenge it enters a new level of equilibrium then it is able to adapt to all kinds of things so what has happened in the process your body has grown stronger more capable and it is not only now this once the body grows and evolves it is not only with regard to corona once your immune system now there is a very interesting theory before i complete this sentence so there is a theory which is very valid in many ways that every year when people have a shot of you know when people have cold common cold some kind of viral infection so it is like nature's way of giving you an immune dose so if your body reacts rightly then even it can react against tumor antigen so in the long term it helps you not only against a virus but also against cancer cells that are floating so we talk about this immune system what is immune system your body's ability to react to a challenge and to adapt to it it's it is not destroying the virus see the difference between a violent approach is that i'll destroy the bacterial i'll i'll destroy the virus i'll destroy every agent now that creates an imbalance but this is that okay you have your place you are there in the world but i move freely you can't touch me so a similar approach applies at a next level at psychological level um at psychological level you face a challenge you are overwhelmed so you are overwhelmed by different kinds of demands pressures expectations ambitions desires in life so one way is that we succumb we are overwhelmed by that we are unable to cope up and we start going into comfort zones the other way is we take the challenge so initially when you take the challenge it is it it brings out uh, your you know the best and then eventually you overcome the challenge now overcoming the challenge is different from writing an immediate success story so when the virus uh, attacks you you may still fall ill but if you overcome the challenge you become immune so that's why people often you know in exams there are people who will not go for examination why because they are afraid of failure so obviously logically it is understood better to take the exam and fail <laughs> than not go to the exam at all so but when you have taken the challenge it's not that you will succeed outwardly but you will grow so now we come back to the original story of life it's about evolution and progress so where is this success and failure story coming in so it is coming like a virus because when the success and failure story comes in then there is pain and suffering much more than what is necessary because we have misread the intention and i take this example of when there is a match between two teams so we have two kinds of matches one is a friendly match then there is a practice match and then there is the actual match so what is the difference friendly match and a practice match you are not bothered really whether you win or lose you play well it's not that you are going to just throw the bat away at the end of the day you are laughing you shake hands and everything now what happens when you are playing now comes the you want to write a success story you forgotten that whether you play a friendly match or a real match what will happen minimum you will grow you'll grow strong as an athlete somebody who has played football or cricket grows strong physically that nature will give you as a gift whether it gives you the gift of money and uh, page 3 
fame or not that is not relevant nature is not interested in that nature wants you to grow stronger and you will grow stronger <laughs> you will feel happy when you have played a good game you feel happy because you know whereas there is a diversion that takes place in the original story where we have brought in success and failure and we are insisting upon this particular way see again uh, all rigidity is uh, counterproductive to evolution evolution requires plasticity so rigidity is either this or nothing so it is like my way or highway so this is where the problem lies i want things to happen this way and only this way now this rigidity of a stone is hit very hard by nature the world forces impact it why because they want us to become supple why because that which is supple will evolve in a much better way take the example of a hard rock See if you have to carve a personality out of rock, a figure out of rock. Then what do you do? You pick up nice uh, hammer and chini hathodi and titanic toil. So the more rigid we become in life, the more we are hit. It's almost an axiomatic truth. And the more you will suffer. See people who are rigid mentally, they suffer a lot because any opinion which is not like you, you want to finish it. that's how you know there are even some groups of human beings who want to destroy everything that is not like you so the more rigid you are mentally but what is happening you are being challenged and life will continue to challenge you and push you till ultimately at some point you will yield so it's not that we have to yield to people but we have to make our nature supple so if we are very hard if if there are people who suffer this what is called as an acute egoistic illness like depression why does it come sometimes for no reason at all there is no need for suffering let's take for example you love somebody and love is a big word let me not profane it but you like somebody <laughs> and then uh, you want that person very badly in your life and that person is gone okay for whatever reason i have gone into depression now what has happened you want that person and that person alone but what are you really wanting that person or what that person really stands for so there is something called the intrinsic value of things so you are really looking for the intrinsic value suppose because you have imagined perceived that this person is this 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 plus 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 all the pluses we imagine in the beginning then a minus crops up here and there and then eventually we see a bundle of minus isn't it So basically, what are you wanting? You are wanting not that person for the sake of the person, but for what the person represents. You know, if you have money which you cannot encash, you go to. Uh, that's why experience always I have. You go to UK, you go to US, so they'll, you know, change. जो मिलता है ना एक dollar is currency in terms of paper, and you have those nice nickel coins and other coins. You know, they have no value here. you can't convert it they don't accept so you have to either use it or if you are going later on keep it for next visit so it is something like that so when we look at things instead of there now what is rigid standpoint when we are looking at things only outwardly whereas when we look at things inwardly then we will discover we will be in for wonder so that's called suppleness so say for in- instance somebody may be angry prone individual and you are very Oof, he's so angry, and you know. I had an instance, for example, of a child who was um, 
had a conflict, not a child, but a grown-up person with parents. And then eventually one reached that point that it, the parents were anger-prone. They are not perfect people. Nobody is perfect. <laughs> but then, uh, behind all the anger, still there was love. It's a very paradoxical form of love. This love. So when you understand that there is love which is operating in this form, and what do you do? You are not uh, worried about so much about the mask. You know that there is inside, there is something which is beautiful. Pick up that core. That's called suppleness. Where you pick up those elements in creation which help you to grow. Because when you deal with that aspect in creation, whether it be people or you know, material nature or animals or anything, you grow wonderfully. So anywhere there is rigidity, be it uh, emotional rigidity and or you know even emotions which are sup- supposed to be so supple they can take a very you know people are there who go into a shell emotional shell they don't like to understand them you know have you experienced this that when you uh, want to communicate with someone and the person says no what is that you've gone into a shell so what happens with that so the other person also says no so what has happened now? Both are suffering. Instead, if you reach out, you understand that the other person is pained and start reaching out with that love in the heart. Then after a time, a door opens. So there is a way to deal with life wherein we don't deal with the surfaces and we go deeper. That's where now this new current comes, which as I said, there is a lower and a higher current, which is called spiritual so spiritual, as um, I like to use the um, Sanskrit word, Adhyatma. So spiritual means pertaining to the spirit. Spirit means that which is everywhere. Divine element. And Adhyatma means Adhi, above. Ad means self. That which is a greater self. So there is a lower self, which is the ego self. This is one operating system. And there is a higher self. So how does this higher self help us? First you discover that in everyone, deep within in the core, there is that same divine element, that same divine love, which is at the core. But you can't discover it till you have made that discovery within. That's why uh, in spirituality, one has to begin with an intense process of individualization. Because you are discovering within you. You can't straight away discover in the world. First discover within you. So you are becoming a true individual when you discover your own divine element, divine core. And then you meet the world in your perceptions have changed. It's like when you are a child, you perceive the world very differently. So a lot of pain and suffering come because of this small, narrow, rigid conception of life. So for a little child, if mama sends you to school and you are crying, you don't want to go, it's very painful. She is the worst mama in the world. Isn't it? Or if she is insisting, beta ye khale, which you don't want to eat. Again, she is a bad mama. If papa is not all the time present because he has to earn money to make you have a livelihood, he is a bad papa. Because you are just looking at the thing which is immediate. But why is papa going far away? And why is mama saying all this that she is saying? Because she loves. So, as you grow, you understand. That's why very often, what do parents tell their children? I seem to be taking too much side of parents. Okay, fine. I am both, huh? both sides. So, nothing like that. But 
वाई डू पेरेंट्स वट डू पेरेंट्स टेल टू देर चिल्ड्रेन आफ्टर ए पॉइंट ऑफ टाइम जैसे बड़े हो गए तो समझ जाओगे ना सुना होगा ना डायलॉग ये वेन यू ग्रो अप यूल अंडरस्टैंड यू नो आई ऑल्सो यूज टू फील दिस इज सो स्टूपिड ए डायलॉग बट एक्चुअली इट इज ट्रू यू अंडरस्टैंड योर पेरेंट ओनली वेन यू हैव योर ओन चाइल्ड देन यू अंडरस्टैंड कि ओके मैं भी ऐसे सताता था so this is how all life is about growth and progress if we understand this simple thing life is about evolution so where have we come from we have come from the divine so see if we, if my answer is i have come out of matter so there is that intense struggle for where everything becomes hard if i say that i have come from as some philosophers say Uh, somewhere some somewhere in this universe had desire and then you see in life a struggle for existence you fight you want to succeed you want to win again we have misread the script of life but if you say that your origin is divine so what is the minimum take home point from that one it's so wonderful it doesn't matter what your outer parentage is second is it only my origin which is divine everybody's origin is divine so you enter into a state of unity with creation you don't have to know the surname or religion to really you know gel but you understand deep within but is it only with human beings with plants with animals with even matter does then you begin to deal with life in a very different way then you real you experience the sense of a family see the first comfort zone is a family so but when you discover that my origin and the origin of this uh, cave dweller is the same it doesn't mean that you will say okay we are all one and i don't mean that way that is a question we'll take up later natures are different somebody may be tamasic nature somebody may be driven by intense ambition and you have to be careful about that still deep inside it is the same divine presence and you meet it in such interesting ways i mean there are places where you go i've been to almost all not almost actually all the continents except arctic and antarctica so <laughs> and uh, been to every state of india now there are very interesting things like if you go to ladakh and if you go to a typical home so they like to offer you yak meat it's a delic i mean it's supposed to be an honor so i am a vegetarian so what do you do with that so they say okay fine they will make some kind of something which resembles yak out of aata or something you eat it so it's something nice and when you learn like that this life becomes so beautiful that home is your home don't start claiming the home but that home is your home every home is your home everybody is your own now now you see consciousness is expanding it's entering into that mode first is individualization discover that divine self within you then you discover that in your origin you and this creation and all the various people are same now you start the expansion when you when we expand without this discovery of individualization then we are thwarting the dream of ekoham bahushyam that's what people don't realize who prematurely rush towards human unity सब एक है तो सब एक है पहले तुम एक को तो रियलाइज करो यूनिटी कम्स फ्रॉम यूनिट इट्स नॉट यूनिटी इज नॉट ए नेबुलर स्टेट यूनिटी इज अ स्टेट व्हेन ईच इंडिविजुअल इज फॉर्म्ड फुल्ली 
during this formative period there is lot of pain and struggle and suffering you just can't help it it's not because anything is evil but it's because even what you call as evil it comes to challenge you how you respond to the challenge your individuality will form if you shrink if you go away you have missed the chance so will you get another chance yes but in a more fierce way so how do you take this challenge make your choices look at life like a play where there is a challenge which you are facing and it's not about succeeding or failing it's about how you take that challenge with what attitude with what approach so first step is formation of individuality from the psychological point of view it's so important when we miss it and want to create unity all world is one family you'll be overrun either by the chinese or the isis if not the western civilization which has already happened don't try that prematurely okay so first is discover the true individual when you have discovered when you have discovered shiva inside then play with nag you will pick up nag and cobra and put it around your neck and look very nice but you have not discovered shiva inside and you pick up a snake are me and the snake are one <laughs> the snake will say yes so i am going to assert my oneness over everybody and next you will be food so this is the difference we must understand that there is a long process this is the process going on nowadays that's why many people come with this existential crisis it's a spiritual angst where they want to uh, now in this discovery process uh, since we are talking about it there are two steps one is the subjective self which may be mistaken for the soul which is the vital the mental my thoughts ideas opinions viewpoint this is me it's not it's it's what is called as a false subjectivism during this phase still you will have conflict and crisis because you have not discovered that true so you feel this is me which is nothing but my emotions my desires my ambitions nothing wrong with it it's a phase you can't help it everybody will pass through this phase this discovery of who i am one needs more space this is something unique to um this or the previous century it started with something very beautiful before that mummy papa ne jo keh diya wo karna hai now let me take side of children so that was not a good way because you are not helping to form individualities you are just making everybody go into the same mold that's why the revolt started in 60s we want no education that's how the you know beatles the rock and all these bands it was one way of revolt in india it took another form india it took a much more beautiful form in india even revolt has at its basis dharma <laughs> so you know uh, people quote the gita dekho arjuna was told to stand up against what is unjust and untruth even if it is your chacha tau grandfather guru that's the indian way of revolting whereas the american way of revolting is break all the molds of the past now that's dangerous because uh, there is a spirit even in the past you must take it forward you can't destroy the spirit so there are two kinds of individuality or a process of individuality formation one is based on dharma another is by dharma is nothing to do with again religion ritualism doing agarbatti dhup no on the contrary you may revolt against these things 
You may say, no, I don't want to go to temple. There are a lot of Indian people I know. And I'm so happy. They say, I don't want to go to these temples. So, God is inside and they mean it. It's so wonderful. It's an evolution taking place. But in the American context, it would be, there is no God, there is nothing, you know. And then, one begins to discover, that's happened in America also. Subjective stage. Much of humanity is in this stage now, because now individualities have to form. If you look 100 years back, ask your parents, grandparents, they'll say, Hamko ye, hum ye sab kehte the, hum kar the. And you feel how silly that life was. But they felt comfortable in that. Why? Because life was in a comfort zone. When you follow what your parents, what society is saying, is expects of you, then life is obviously, <laughs> you are buffered and cushioned by the, and then that was the rule of the group, the herd, the tribe, the pack, like an animal life. But now, because there is a need to become a true individual, this is the first step. And it's a painful process. That's why people are coming in conflict with the social norms and they are rediscovering now, for instance, marriage is becoming dated. Sorry to say so, but it's true. And I'm happy about it. Why? Because now people say the basis should be love. You may marry, that's okay. That's a legal way. But love is important. It's not just about a legal bond. Yes, have a legal bond and other for practical purposes. But the real bond is inside, within you. That was the original purpose. Agni ke Agni is the central aspiration. So this is the process going on today and that's why new kinds of sufferings have come up. And this suffering is because there is an intense pressure to become individualistic. It is happening at the nation level also, but that's for later. Not in this uh, particular talk. So, there is a false subjectivism where initially we say, uh, there is a song no, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, I don't know. It was, Meri jo marji mein karunga, tujko mirchi lage to main kya karun. That's a false subjectivism. I'll do what I want to do. I couldn't care less. But this is the first step. Now, this is dangerous. But you can't help it. This is the path humanity will take. But eventually you discover the true subjective self within. Self is always subjective. And when you say that this body is me, still, who is saying this body is me, is a subjective self. So you cannot discover the self unless we are ready to uh, confront our own subjective space. So objective is only a means of expression. Then you, we, we discover something very interesting. We discover that the body and matter is a means to express. Spirit is always subjective. It takes a form. So then we discover a new balance of nature. I am not a slave to matter and my body, but my body is a means to express. And I take this example. You have knowledge inside. How do you express? Through speech, through writing, all this. No, You have love inside. How do you express? You express by various ways. It takes a form. So the original thing is formless. When you discover that spirit inside, then there is an expansion that takes place and the form, your individuality, becomes one of the means to express the infinity in a finite way. And each one will express in their own unique way. So there is no conflict then. You don't want anybody else to change their thoughts the way you want. So you can live so beautifully. Because you discover you are what you are deep within. There is a divine expression through you. But you equally discover the other person, the divine is expressing in a different way. And you respect it, you honor it. You enjoy it, you rejoice in it. Because there is a sense of uh, 
complementariness, there is sense of, you know, that vastness. So suppleness, vastness, all this comes. So the higher spiritual current reveals to us the truth behind all. It reverses our dealing with life. The lower currents are shaping the outer personality. This outer personality is dissolved with death. But there is something deep within which is still forming. That is carried on. But a time comes when the inner personality, the true being is ready to manifest. That's when we realize that all this that was happening which pained me, which made me suffer, was nothing but the strokes of the Divine Beloved. So what was he doing? He was shaping me. But I was just seeing the hammer and not the love behind. And as I evolve, so his ways change. When we are crude stuff, then the way is very crude. Then the world forces use hammer, iron hammer. As humanity grows, you see one of the signs of a developed human being is he feels in a very subtle way. One becomes sensitive to the smallest things that are happening. You become sensitive to somebody else's pain. That's a sign of an evolving humanity that it's not just your suffering. Crude humanity is only what matters to me. So then the divine methods are also very hard. If you live in that state that only me to myself, I don't care about the rest, you will be compelled to care. But as we grow and begin to take in the other's pain, is more important to me than my own. Then the ways are also gentler. He molds us in a way that we cannot even imagine. Like for instance, if we enter into that phase of evolution where others' suffering becomes our own, then he awakens in us compassion and love automatically. It's like an efflorescence. He doesn't give us a beating. He gently shapes us. Thoda bhot, sonar ka jo, you know, goldsmith uses that little, little tinkering. But if you are very crude, the beating is very hard. So this is the way when we understand the original plane, plan that we are coming from the divine, we are caught in the middle of the current where we are halfway in the process of completing the divine becoming. Meaning thereby we are crossed between the animal and the God. That's what humanity is. Leg is deep into animality. Heart and head is climbing towards divinity. That's what we are. So when we understand that we are caught in this moment in a state of transition, where are we going? To become conscious individual divinities. We start from a vast, universal or transcendent, call it whatever, divine state. And we end up becoming conscious divine individualities. In between there is humanity. So humanity is a transition between the animal and the divine, call it divine humanity or whatever name. Shubhinder used the word superhumanity or superman or supramental being. doesn't matter. But as an individual, not merging back like merging back nirvana is an escape route. Similarly, people talk about pralaya. Pralaya is a kind of failure of a civilization. It shouldn't happen. So if we understand that behind this my surface life, there is a deeper plan, then we begin to make the moves which are needed 
I understand that I am on an evolutionary journey. Then I will not get down from the train now. Because if you don't complete the journey, you will experience pain. At every level, physically. Physically too, we can evolve to a point where all the impacts can be really taken in and transmuted. And that's what supramental body is about. That's what Mother and Shubhinda said that there will be in the future a new body which will take it uh, all the impacts of outer nature and will be able to transmute it. So this is the process towards which we are tending. Life is offering challenges. These challenges when we navigate successfully, consciously, when we are aware of the plan, it grows beautiful. You move from joy to greater joy, harmony to harmony, greater harmony. If we don't know, then we go through pain and suffering. The one hope for man lies in as rapidly as possible, compressing and completing this evolutionary journey. Short of that, there is psychotherapy and psychiatrists. And completing this evolutionary journey is through yoga. Yoga is a means to complete your unfinished evolutionary curve. When one does that, then one is freed from pain and suffering, including the physical. There is a difference between having physical disease and experiencing suffering. So let me close with this sloka of the Isha Upanishad. One of my favorite one. Yasmin Sarvani Bhutani Atme Vabhut Vijanata He who sees the oneself becoming in all the becomings. Tatrako moha ka shoka. Shoka is suffering, grief. Moha is delusional attachment. It's not like you have to live detached like a sadhu in the... No. Love is another thing. Attachment is another. Tatrako moha ka shoka. Ekatvam anu pashyata. Okay. So, uh, I think one hour is over. If someone wants to have some questions, you are most welcome. Namaste, Alamji. Namaste, Namaste. Thank you for thank you for a wonderful. Uh, you said that pain and suffering comes because we are in this evolutionary process, and and the forces from outside are you know coming. But does the is it an inherent part of this evolution process, or is it pain and suffering is coming because we are resisting this evolution? Okay, that's. A wonderful question. Is pain an inherent part of the evolutionary process or it comes because of resistance? Well, uh, there are two ways of looking at the same thing. Uh, pain's origin, if we go really from the spiritual point of view, its origin is before even creation has begun. You know, Shubhinda speaks of the tenebrous shadow of pain which is there in the inconscient. So let me explain that. That in creation, uh, the moment you have space and time and uh, those who are familiar with Shurbindo's uh, terminology, it's the state of involution where a consciousness enters into a state where it completely forgets itself and then it starts recovering. So this state of apparent separation is a state of pain. It is not, it doesn't take words. So there is this pain which comes, origin of pain is the sense of separation from the divine consciousness. And therefore, pain also becomes an index of how we are evolving. Every time we take a step for the moment, that level pain is taken care of. 
but yes uh, i would say instead of resisting or not resisting the word should be to adapt and assimilate and integrate because non resistance can be of two kinds one is where we just uh, endure things and people who endure things in a state of tamasic indifference do not experience pain uh, but uh, that's also not a healthy state they are back into the inconscient where you know uh, it's like a stone stone like inertia so pain comes to awaken us so this itself becomes a resistance that i don't want to change and people are very comfortable you see when people in old time that villages they used to stay they were very comfortable with life apparently that you know so when electrical bulbs came so they would say nahi hum to kerosene lamp mein pade the and you know very often you hear this and you say okay aapke liye hum kerosene lamp jala dete so then you know, people don't want that so there is a state of non resistance which is uh, a state of inert endurance indifference that's not a healthy state non resistance is in terms of the divine pressure to change so if we don't resist the divine pressure very rightly we will just evolve but that's what the mother shrivindra and sri ramakrishna spoke of the baby cat attitude it requires that you are not really attached to anything the divine takes you through an evolutionary journey and you are very happy uh, that bullishas famous one teri talwar ke niche mein nachiyan karke thaiyan thaiyan you know that song which got distorted but origin is that that you know then i am dancing below because i know my divine beloved is carrying me now that is really non resistance taken to its heights but here you we are not resisting the evolution we are not resisting the divine evolution we can equivalent to you know moving toward the divine we are attached to nothing we cling to nothing neither habits of the past nor ways of thought of the past that's how you know iconoclasm is necessary you break the molds of the past but you keep the spirit intact and you grow yes so in that sense if we do not resist the divine process of evolution life would be wonderful but there is another kind of non resistance wherein i just don't resist the onslaught of the world forces which want to shape an individuality if i don't resist i'll fall into the inertia of the stone that is the other part that okay fine let things be the way they are so non resistance yes to the divine evolutionary process but very difficult because even if initially because during the state of personality the very formation of personality comes through this kind of resistance of the impact of the world forces when one has discovered the divine within life is wonderful then it's different story but initially in one way or the other it will come these challenges will come only if we understand that this challenge is not meant to subdue me not because of my bad karma not because divine is cruel not because you know people are bad but we understand that there is here nowadays people use the word lesson to be learned i would add lesson to be learned strength to be gained both so once we understand it then it becomes uh, that that pain is much more toned down also to see behind appearance that it's not this person that person is helplessly himself or herself a slave to various forces so when we understand that the process going on within me is going on also within that other person then we are much more tolerant benevolent in our attitude then we look at life very differently but uh, main thing to remember is that we are on an evolutionary journey and if at all we have to use the word go with the flow it is only one way go with the flow of the evolutionary current not with every kind of flow otherwise we'll be like a football 
somebody says come for an ice cream i am going with the flow another person says ki come there so go with the flow of the evolutionary current it's leading us upward that's what agni means aage to move forward namaste alok ji namaste uh, i don't in this question but if i be able to frame it well uh, so you told something about uh, the cushioning that the conditioning gives the societal breeze or the societal uh, norms give a uh, individual now amongst this in by being in the social conditioning you know when we have this those cushioning effects one feels physically and mentally and emotionally protected yes and safe yeah. and why oh, we are one travel thing talk evolving and you know two types of pain one can encounter So yes. one is that physical level that pain is apparently more difficult to go through, uh, and also there is this uh, pain with the inner self of of not accepting the evolution process or not going as yeah. as Pooja rightly said, yeah. you know, resisting to the evolution. Yeah. So there, how do we how do we match up this? I mean, how do we balance it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I, a lay person, yeah, 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 very true. So basically, it's about the. yeah this the social uh, if you follow the societal norms and live according to that there is a cushioning effect a comfort zone which is created and the other is where we follow the inner self and its evolutionary urge so <clears throat> yes uh, so there are there is three four stages of human evolution first is of course like the primitive human being who is living according to his desires so that's obviously the most primitive so society comes to curb that tendency it comes to teach us and train us that well living just for your own sake is not uh, uh, not the right way not right in moral sense but it's not the way that nature wants us to grow so the first training of society is in a family that you know there are family norms family norms are by larger norm and etc etc but when that stage is over that's a stage then there is the third stage which is conscious individuality driven by desire the lowest stage there is nothing conscious there is no conscious choice we are just driven by all the forces of nature now when we begin to make conscious choices and individuality then we come in conflict with the society and one has to go through it now question of balancing is that well uh, there is this art of you know uh, doing things without <laughs> i'll give you some examples without really uh creating too much of uh, stir and problem around for instance uh in a social group or a family group you want to do something and your parents and the society opposes it so one way which uh, is today in in today's times which i find very good is reason it out try to reason out why you want to do what you want to do so you should yourself uh, back with reason what you really want to do now at some point the parents or the society tends to react when they cannot really reason out what they are doing and there is a kind of uh, giving up attitude a kind of bahut zyada tark karta hai etc etc doesn't matter reason it out it will help them also to grow uh, there is second way where you don't reason out don't do any of these thing but you should be clear which way you want to go and do it firmly without really trying to open declare challenge everybody's viewpoint it's not required for instance as i said uh, i'll give an example when i turned to madhuran shobindo so or you take to a spiritual path now 
फैमिली हैज़ देर ओन ट्रेडिशंस दे वॉन्ट यू टू फॉलो दैट पाँव छूना ये करना वो करना आई डेंट बिलीव इन इट यू नो बिकॉज आई आई फेल्ट इट्स हिपोक्रेसी इफ इफ आई फील फॉर समबडी इवन इफ आई फील फॉर सम वन वाई शुड आई टच द फीट ओनली गॉड्स फीट शुड बी टच्ड सो नाउ यू नो आई वॉज नॉट ट्राइंग टू फाइट इट आउट विद एवरीबडी आप ये क्यों कह रहे हो शुरू में ये भी किया है आई हैव रियलाइज दैट दैट क्रिएट्स आई एम नॉट हियर टू चेंज दैम दे वॉन्ट टू डू इट बट आई वॉन्ट डू इट दैट्स फाइन सो समाइम पीपल विल से कि मुन्ना पाव नहीं छूता किसी का ये नहीं तो वंस इन ए वाइल वेन दे वुड आस मी आई वुड से येस रिस्पेक्ट मस्ट कम फ्रॉम इन साइड इट्स नॉट समथिंग इट शुड बी इम्पोज फ्रॉम आउटसाइड बट इट कैन बी डन विदाउट रियली गेटिंग इन टू कंफ्लिक्ट ऑल्सो वी गिव अदर्स द राइट टू बी वट दे आर वट एवर देर स्टेज ऑफ इवोल्यूशन इज देर आर पीपल हु वॉन्ट टू बी इन दैट सोशल स्टेज एंड फॉलो ऑल दैट कूल इट्स देयर लाइफ सो एज लॉन्ग एज आई अंडरस्टैंड वॉट आई वॉन्ट स्टिल सम डिग्री ऑफ कंफ्लिक्ट विल अकर स्पेशली इन वेरी क्लोज नेट सोसाइटीज देर वेरी क्लोज नेट सोसाइटी विच आर वेरी अफ्रेड एंड दे आर दे डोंट वॉन्ट ए मेम्बर टू एस्केप फ्रॉम दैम यू नो दे विल बी फतवा एंड ऑल दैट दिस इज वेरी क्लोज नेट सोसाइटी वेरी डेंजरस हार्ड सो दे डोंट लेट अ सिंगल पर्सन एस्केप फ्रॉम दी नेट देर आर सोसाइटीज लाइक दी very frankly indian societies the sanatan society they are much more open and uh, flexible their societies were completely loose the western society go whichever way <laughs> like a loose cannon so i think uh, indian thought found a way and that should be respected is is about uh, uh, there is a degree of individual freedom allowed according to dharma so dharma was like for instance that uh, if i just succumb to my desired self then it was you know there were people who tried to explain to me this not the route you should take in life but if i was doing something which was may not be appreciated by others but was on the path of uh, you know was part of the larger evolutionary context then it was acceptable so something like that in indian thought it was found second was along with the principle of gradualty so for each age there was a kind of dharma for each group of humanity there was a kind of dharma though we have lost that now that detailed uh, superstructure and uh, detailed structure of life uh, order of society but still deep inside it exists as a kind of skeletal framework so uh, let's say if the people around um, indian societies at least they do understand if you try to explain and you put it across that what you are doing is really it's inbuilt within india at least sanatan thought that it's inbuilt within that if they know that you are really speaking not uh, going way off the mark and there is a larger context in which you are living most people are fine with it this is what i found at least about uh, i mean i come from a traditional background and my parents said only one thing beta marzi se shaadi karna kali wo christian ya muslim nahi ho i'm being very frank bole क्रिश्चियन भी चलेगी मुसलमान नहीं होना चाहिए <laughs> तो अब ठीक है इट वाज यू नो बड़े फ्लेक्सिबल फ्रेमवर्क उसमें कन्वर्शन का कोई इशू नहीं है तो, तो इस तरह का एक फ्रेमवर्क था कि भाई तुम पूजा कर रहे हो तो ऐसे कर रहे हो वैसे कर रहे हो सो ऑलरेडी दे इज अ ग्रेट डिग्री ऑफ फ्लेक्सीबिलिटी ईच वन एज टू फिगर आउट डिपेंडिंग ऑन वॉट यूर सोशल कंटेक्सट इज नाउ बिकॉज सोसाइटी इट इज चेंजिंग कंटेक्सट आर चेंजिंग एंड मोस्ट इंडियन पेरेंट्स दैट वी डू अंडरस्टैंड i found them uh, in india far more accepting and adaptable 
बट इफ यू कंपेयर टू द वेस्टर्न पेरेंट वेर इट इज लाइक छोड़ दिया तुमको अब वो दो एक्सट्रीम है तुम्हारी जो मर्जी करो अब वो आई फील इज आई मीन एज ए ग्रुप लाइफ यू शुड सपोर्ट द इंडिविजुअल इन इज जर्नी सो दिस इज नॉट सपोर्टिंग बिकॉज वन गोज टूवर्ड्स ड्रग्स एंड थिंग्स विच आर रियली डेंजरस एनदर इज द अदर एक्सट्रीम आइसिस काइंड ऑफ लाइफ ऐसे पहनोगे एवरीथिंग इज डिसाइडेड एंड डिटरमाइंड बाय द सोसाइटी सो आई सपोज दैट वे द मिडिल पाथ ऑलरेडी यू फाइंड इन बिल्ट विद इन द सोसाइटीज विच आर बेस्ड ऑन धर्मा विच इंक्लूड्स सनातन धर्मा बेस्ड इवन रिलीजन सिखिजम एंड बुद्धिज्म दे आर बेस्ड ऑन द लार्जर सनातन धर्म एंड इट्स समथिंग वेरी ब्यूटिफुल ऑलरेडी इट्स इन बिल्ट सो बट रीजन आउट दैट्स हाउ इट इज बट स्टेपिंग आउट ऑफ कम्फर्ट जोन हैज टू बी डन बाय द इंडिविजुअल it is a challenge one has to take and uh, it's worth taking the challenge otherwise we don't really grow and as parent we should send our children at uh, it was again there in indian thought nowadays uh, people are beginning to practice it that when your child is um, 11 12 send on a kind of trip with friends when a child is 15 give the explain to the child uh, the child should go once alone travel alone so you gradually release the freedom it's not like i don't understand this concept of 18 you are suddenly adult it makes no sense you progressively grow into adulthood so that requires from the society side parents and educators you gradually grant the freedom uh, well freedom anyway you are nobody to grant somebody freedom but you equip the person to tomorrow learn how to fly with wings wide when the freedom will come so it's a gradual process if we understand it life is beautiful don't give a shocker slowly slowly take your freedom and give to others the freedom which is our birthright and of course each one has to figure out ultimately because the contexts are very different so uh, there is a doubt uh, attached to the same question so there is this yes. concept nowadays i mean lot of people believe in it uh, there is a section of society which believes that uh there is a huge uh, part of individuals who get into spirituality as a route of escapism or escaping from their uh sansaric duty you know duties that you are supposed to perform mm. and that has that has put in such a blocked uh, block uh, into mm. people's minds that it's so difficult for uh, for somebody who's yeah, genuinely yeah. interested in learning about themselves to yeah, make them understand yeah, yeah. that no it is an individual yeah. need <laughs> so no no absolutely you are right and i i feel it's a very grave um, misconception partly because of our own doing partly because of the immediate past of india see this uh, tendency towards spirituality as a escape uh, the mayavad illusionism uh, into the silence of nirvana sanyas etc definitely last uh, maybe couple of thousand years has been very strongly imprinted and the reason for that was partly because the entire social conditioning through which humanity was moving was very very difficult so people did find solace in god uh, not that anything wrong with that but uh, now times are changing and the gita is becoming much more prominent so we should uh, you know uh, make gita as the dharma shastra Uh, rather than the upanishad it will find people will find it very strange because upanishads uh, people say upanishads are like the cow and the gita is uh, 
the milk of the cow and Sri Krishna is the Dogda. It's not really true. Uh, I mean, uh, frankly speaking, though we use this, uh, I know I may, you know, touch many people's eyebrows. But actually, if you look at it, that in, in the entire Upanishads, except the Isha Upanishad, uh, generally, yes, the approach is towards jnana, which is wonderful because knowledge should be the first basis. But then what about love in the heart? What about karma? Isha Upanishad, yes, beautiful hints. But otherwise, it is important to understand that from jnana, karma and with love in the heart. So, Gita is the scripture of the future. And I think, do believe uh, sincerely that, you know, uh, students at whatever age, I'm not into forcing anything, but it will be very nice to, uh, you know, have more schools where the Gita is taught in a very simple, practical way. So, yes, it's unfortunate that also it is reinforced by many of the ashramas and this sannyasi, still our identification. Man of spirit must wear a certain dress. He must know, say, chase Sanskrit and, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, but it is passing away. More and more I see con- confront uh, children who are spiritual without even realizing that they are spiritual. And... Uh, yeah, those who understand the difference must speak about it openly. Because people still believe material life versus spiritual life. So I keep telling people that spiritual life uh, helps you to lead your life fully. Even deal with your material existence in a much more beautiful way. Whereas if you are not spiritual, then you are not able to really deal even with your material life in the proper way. So, spirituality is about knowledge, that jnana which is at the base of everything. It's about love which is working at the heart of creation. So, we should, um, those who understand this must share this wisdom with those uh, who do not and set examples. We need examples of people who are leading life in the world and yet are deeply spiritual. That kind of humanity is coming up. So, I see that hope in the future. Thank you, sir. Have two more questions, Alodha. Can we take them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can take. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carla? Good evening, Dr. Alec G. Good evening. Thank you for sharing this evening yeah, with us. Yeah. Um, my question is regarding uh, love and compassion yeah. and the sharing or the, the idea that that involves sharing or um, taking on the burden of suffering of others and um, what you think about that whether you whether that it's possible to help minimize the pain and okay. suffering of those close to you where you, you know through love and compassion through this process yes, I, I fully understand what you're saying so it's about taking the burden of others uh, vis-a-vis love and compassion or through love and compassion. So, you see, we need to define it very clearly. Compassion is a spiritual power. So, compassion is not uh, an emotional state. You know, the way we think that out of compassion, I am taking somebody. That is pity. Pity is uh, all right, but pity has no power to really uh, heal or help. Compassion is a spiritual state which understands the real causes of suffering. So merely taking somebody's suffering is not enough. You should be able to transmute it. And whether in oneself or in others. So first we must do it within ourselves. When we understand 
why things are the way they are why do i experience suffering and then when i transmute it within and then i understand the challenges and the difficulties of others then compassion is born so compassion comes from a great height similarly love comes from a great depth and this love has a power to heal the suffering of others even when you take it you are not affected so there is there is a difference so human love when it takes the suffering of others it gets affected you know we 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 are pained we cry we as we suffer but there comes a time when a deeper love is released from our nature take a actual example that there is someone who is taking in a course which um, you know is going to bring pain and the person continues to take somebody whom you love humanly and when the person is doing that it makes you suffer so what do you do now because you love the person you have taken upon yourself unwittingly but now what do you do next or somebody is sick not even taken a wrong cold simply sick and is suffering so you try to tend to the person and you know take upon the person's burden upon yourself now what do you do now if there is compassion and love then what you do is you send a very deep from the depths of the heart the vibration of love which envelops the person and even if the person has taken a wrong course after a while a deep peace will begin to enter depending on the degree of resistance it it will take a long process i mean uh, it will take long or short time or a compassion which understands why the person is suffering you don't give up on the person but keep on in whatever way you can help the person to grow now naturally all this can only and only be done if we have discovered the divine individuality within ourselves that's why one should understand that a premature taking up of these things will only multiply pain so it's not good to take up on pain and suffering of others prematurely what will happen the other person was pained i'll also pain it's like chalo milke rote hain so maybe you know for a moment you'll feel unburdened but after some time because the cause is not gone it'll come back again so an ignorant way of doing these things Uh, doesn't really help it only multiplies misery so though it seems apparently selfish uh, in the beginning that the person is focused upon one's own spiritual progress but it is important to discover that then you can come back and heal life and i take the example of a doctor you enter a medical school for four and a half five years supposing in the first year you feel are itna lamba course why should i study all this there is somebody who immediately needs a bandage and you go and start putting bandages you can immediately become a compounder three months of course and you start prescribing or at least dispensing medicine now you have missed the greater possibility of actually learning all about healing and then engaging so there is a phase when we have to understand that there is pain in suffering in the world but set yourself to discover the true causes that's what buddha did rather than apparently say for instance nowadays it comes oh somebody's child is suffering from leukemia send money and we know all that fraud that takes place and so ignorantly when we do that in the world instead of being a torch that little flame which was developing inside gets covered so the first task should be to develop spiritual strength wisdom love and true compassion then yes we should go out in the world as torches that do not flicker but remains stable despite all the appearances so it depends on what stage one is if one has discovered the true self the soul yes by all means if one has not for the moment focus on that understand the true causes of suffering pray till then we can pray that may suffering be gone from this earth 
do whatever little one can do but do not take upon oneself or identify with that suffering because it will only multiply the pain it won't help so that's how it's the process is take up one more question yes Arthik? yes one we can take Arthik? yeah uh, i hello uh, ji hi my question is with respect to pain and suffering is there any difference between pain and suffering and what is the role in order to grow also is pain necessary i mean in the because of the current state we are in we will be experiencing something and uh, what is the difference between there in the case of pain and is suffering something or holding on to something yeah. because of that suffering yeah so the, the difference between pain and suffering though lot of people use it interchangeably but pain is typically it comes with the vital evolution animals have pain but they don't have suffering because the mind doesn't add to it so you know when uh, a tiger pounces upon a deer there is pain but the family members of the deer momentarily they feel but then they walk away they are grazing there so pain is something which comes with the awakening of the uh life force in matter so you know because it deals with the world contacts and now it has to take the challenge matter itself well we can use the word subconscious pain in matter also but by and large matter because why because it is inert so it just endures it can endure endlessly but life impulse tends to act upon the world and in the process it experiences pain the same touch and let me give an example between pain and suffering with this analogy i you know you are walking on the road and you experience a big push uh, behind or something like a slap uh, thappadi from behind so what happens initially <clears throat> that reaction you know like a pain then you look behind and you see it's your friend what happens it changes into joy so suffering comes with the mind which tends to play with that pain aggrandize it it wants to wallow in misery it exaggerates thing much more than what it is or it can also diminish mind can play the role both ways as the gita says atme atmano bandhu atmane vribhur atmana so it can either augment the pain by many degrees amplify it or it can diminish it so suffering comes with the awakening of mind in matter pain comes with the awakening of life in matter both disappear by the awakening of the spirit in matter so this is the evolutionary course it is inevitable actually uh, if one is not experiencing pain there is too much inertia inside too much of indifference it's not a good thing uh, you know people who don't experience pain they end up giving a lot of pain to others so yeah <laughs> because that's how it is so it's okay it's a part of the journey labor pains of a birth yeah all birth comes through some kind of pang or the other thank you sir yeah okay so yeah thank you, thank you. it was a very very insightful session we'll end with a minute of silence